did that in Massachusetts, and we ran our revenue to 51 million without even having a full year of full operations in those states. The balance of the money will bring in hopefully two or three other states, including our Maryland, the opportunity we have in Rhode Island, and we're finishing in Nevada. So when the smoke settles, the revenues from those states will make our top line more and our bottom line even better. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Bob Fireman, President and CEO of Merrimed. Bob, welcome to the show. Dan, thank you so much for having us and uh, letting the world know what, more about Merrimed and all the good things we're doing. Well, you know what? You guys have been under the radar for so long, and with Merrimed, there's just so much to talk about. So I think maybe for today's show, we're just going to focus on the business model. And then let's plan to have you back this summer to talk more about the different brands. As a multi-state cannabis operator, Merrimed has over 300,000 square feet of cultivation, production, and dispensary facilities. And with portfolios of proprietary brands and products, you've quietly established yourself as one of the leading MSOs. But what I find really interesting is the way you built the company. And that's where I want to start today. Can you briefly explain how you transitioned from advising other cannabis companies to developing and acquiring your own brands? Absolutely. Our management team's been together over 10 years. As a serial entrepreneur lawyer, we got exposed to the wild west of California back in 2008. Okay. Okay. Working on a project to turn all the roofs in the city into greenhouses to grow lettuce in New York and Boston. Whole Foods took us out to California where Gavin Newsom was mayor. said, let me rent you the top of the Moscone Center. Long story short, after we designed a 60,000-foot greenhouse on top of the Moscone Center, we found out that the city didn't own the Moscone Center, but it was owned by a trust. And it said no commercial operations. We moved that project back to New York and we built a 10,000 foot uh, greenhouse on top of an eight story affordable housing project in the Bronx. But my team stayed out there and they called me and all of a sudden I'm investing in a grow house in Aptos and a dispensary in San Jose. And then when Peter Lewis and George Soros started to fund uh, referendums to get medical marijuana on the ballots back east. My friend Larry Rasky, who died from COVID, he said, Bobby, you know something about pot. We started to help with drafting legislation from all the knowledge we gained in California. And we got introduced to some fellows who had won a license in Providence, Rhode Island. Now, back then, the medical programs were competitive. They were not-for-profit state licensed facilities with, with stock. The licensor could not own any equity. There was no stock. So we built the business based on the rules because it was like that in California with municipal benefit corporations and not-for-profits. So we, we put the investments on the real estate side because there was no equity in the license. And we built the business with providing investment for rents, percentage rents, management fees, licensing fees, and sometimes interest. So once we developed the Slater Center as a team, 
We made it scalable and replicable, and we formed the beginning of the Marimed, and we started to bid on applications, and we won licenses in, in Massachusetts, Maryland, Delaware, Illinois, Nevada. That's how we built the company. I think we're different than other MSOs because at the time we started to morph into a public company that I was on the board of. And we were going to raise capital in the public sector back in 2014. And when that didn't work because of some wild actors, we raised money on the real estate side. So we're a little different than others in that we organically incubated all the businesses that we own and operate today on the sides. We didn't raise money on Bay Street. We we walked away from being one of the first RTOs. We've stayed on the OTC. And we've basically organically found the properties, won the licenses, developed the cultivation, the production, the brands, the workflow, the expertise, the knowledge. And so we're, we're a very strong management team. We've got validated experience. I was going to jump in here because I think that economy of scale that you bring to your brands gives them such an advantage over smaller brands. That's something that I think I'd like to explore a little bit. Some of the advantages of being a brand on the Merimed team versus the smaller brands that are trying to do it on their own today. Yeah, I think we started with the savants that wanted medical marijuana to help people and improve their health and wellness. And that's still a core trusted strategy and mission of our company. The real thing of creating formulations and understanding the different cannabis compounds to create either the best genetics or the best sort of infused products that have formulations that provide the fastest and best results. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time on science and innovation. Our lab guys really understand how to break down these things. And so the products are brands like Betty's, Eddie's, and Confusions are top sellers because people are enjoying the results from taking it. We always started, we want quality, consistency, precision dosed. It's the same every time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a martini, what happens? Maybe you don't, Dan, but (laughs) you want that to be consistent. And I think as the industry matures and some of the MSOs start to bring money more into science, as we get more mainstream, as we take some of the help we've given to people, whether it's epilepsy or mother with anxiety or nausea, if we can start to document that and put it into peer-reviewed medical journals, this industry will mature even faster than it is right now. Yeah, that's on the horizon, and that's going to make the biggest difference. You're a publicly traded company, which you mentioned earlier, and for our listeners, it's trading under symbol M-R-M-D. Mr. Med. Mr. Med. <laughs> I noticed that you recently initiated a $46 million financing facility. How do you intend to use the money? Your show sometimes said raising capital in the cannabis industry has been a challenge. Obviously, some of our companies are over leveraged and looking for capital, and capital is very expensive. We finally found a group that was looking for a platform that we could grow, and they didn't believe in debt. So we made an equity deal with a group called Hadron Capital. They saw Merrimet as an opportunity, poised for growth, our stock completely undervalued. And we took the $46 million in. $23 million of that went to pay off all our short-term and long-term debt, but for our bank financing 
and our one convertible note. So we absolutely cleaned up the balance sheet. And the balance of that first $23 million was to do all our CapEx. Mm-hmm. So we are expanding our canopy space to grow more flour. We've automated our equipment to do faster, more efficient, cost-effective manufacturing. We're building out GMP-quality kitchens. We're expanding our lab in science, technology, and innovation. Oh, wow. So that is there. The balance of the 46 will be to finish our consolidation strategy. Mm-hmm. In 2020, we ran to $51 million because we started to consolidate some of these businesses that I said earlier we didn't own. So we wanted to roll those businesses up into the PUBCO so the financial reporting would include the top-line cannabis revenue. We did that in Illinois, and we did that in Massachusetts, and we ran our revenue to $51 without even having a full year of full operations in those states. The balance of the money will bring in hopefully two or three other states, including our Maryland, the opportunity we have in Rhode Island, and we're finishing in Nevada. So when the smoke settles, the revenues from those states will make our top line more and our bottom line even better. Are you going to intend to look at other companies as acquisition targets? Once people hear you have money and you're clean balance sheet, <laughs> the phone begins to ring. That's why I ask. We listen, bigger is sometimes not better. We're looking at matching up with other licenses in other very good, robust states where we're not, and we're talking to people all the time about acquisition strategic relationships. We're looking to expand our brands that are top winners in Maryland, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and bring them to other states if people share our quality and our mission and our ethics. But I think we're poised now for immediate growth. We're poised to double our revenue this year for the first time we gave guidance. And we hope that people start to reflect that our share price is at the lowest multiple of an enterprise value of an EBIT or of any other MSO in North America. I mean, so we need guys like you to spread the message Uh and help us. Why are we getting a three times multiple while our peers are 13 to 30? Part of it is because of your strategy initially. I'm sure you were quiet. You kept it under the radar. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. You guys quietly built yourself into this behemoth. And I think once people start to learn about your holdings, they're going to be. And we're going to have links to the Merrimed stock in the show notes. And if you're a company that's maybe interested in talking about being acquired or you're an investor, this is a time. This is a time. The price is never going to be better. I'm sure somebody from Bob's team would be happy to speak with you. Bob, we barely got started today and we got to cut it off because we're running out of time. But let's plan to have you back this summer for an update and to talk more about your brand. Thank you so much. Hope to speak to you again real soon and be safe. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. 
Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.